0: To Respect, San Francisco International Hip Hop Dance Fest Weekly Podcast. I'm your host, Mikaya, and this is my incredible co-host, couldn't think of a better one, Randy Beasley.
1: Right on! I'm happy to be here. Hello, everybody. Welcome.
0: Welcome, welcome. Uh, it is getting urgently close, urgently close to the date of... Everything being back to almost feeling normal again at the Palace of Fine Arts.
1: Yes, I'm ready. I'm ready to feel the base in my chest and just the energy from the audience. We have not had that for two years. Yeah. Two years. I need that back. Mm-hmm.
0: What do we need more than anything when things are bad? Um, inspiration and feelings of hope and what gives us that art.
1: All the time, all the time. And coming together and seeing it together and having that, that collective experience and just walking like, you know, walking out during intermission or after the show and just all those people were there with you and just saw this amazing show with you together. And so there's just this connection. Art is wonderful. Oh my gosh.
0: Yes. It's magical gift given to us living. Mm-hmm. I don't know about the people who aren't living, but I bet you it's a gift to them
1: too. <laughs> I'll let you know. <laughs> right. Soon my guys can come back and let us know.
0: I will let y'all know. Yeah.
1: But um, y'all gotta get your tickets. Tickets are on sale. November 11th through 13th is it's it's almost here. It's it's basically here. So you gotta. You got to go sfhiphopdancefest.com. Get your tickets.
0: We have two programs. Program A, which is going to be Friday night and Sunday matinee. Program B, which is Saturday night and Sunday at 5 p.m. Those shows are completely different. We also have a closing night party, which is Completely sponsored by our beautiful co-host right now, Brandy Beasley.
1: That's so, right. I'm going to get a cocktail.
0: Yes. <laughs> all of the drinks that you'll be sipping will be provided by this beautiful woman that you see here in this podcast. And we appreciate you so much because, you know, after the week and more of bringing all of this together, it's so nice to provide the artists and the people who love the festival this little uh party we have a dj we have a live performance and just to say thank you and goodbye to a lot of them before they give it on their flights thank you yeah and we're gonna have some some master classes too well that's right i keep
1: forgetting about those
0: we have two now okay master We have Saturday the 12th at noon at ODC Freedom. We'll Mm be doing a master class at ODC um, Crump Storytelling. Yeah, I know you want to be there. And then on Tuesday the 15th, which is after the festival, Mm -hmm. at 7.30 at City Dance, the B-Boy Wheelie from Paris is going to be teaching a all styles, um, all levels masterclass, meaning some b-boy, but not necessarily all b-boy. And for anyone who wants to just come in and up their skills,
1: Parisian style. Parisian style, very distinct from what we've learned, right? Yes, I learned learned that. We've learned a lot. Yep, that those b-boys in France can tell when the b-boy is from Paris. Wow, that is just from watching.
0: Yeah, Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm excited about who we're um, talking to today. So Mm -hmm. I have to get right to it if it's okay.
1: (laughs) It's okay with me. Yes. I'm excited to talk, talk, talk. Okay, so we have uh, JC with us, who is the co founder of Straight Jacket and the executive and artistic director of Crazy Eight, which is Straight Jacket's youth team. So, Crazy Eight is based in San Mateo and they value hard work and integrity. You, you have to, you cannot get up on the dance fest stage without working hard and having integrity. Okay, let me just say that. So, they began as an experimental junior team under the studio CY Dance Works. And now they are making strides and establishing their own name in the dance community. Uh, Crazy 8 supports Straightjacket's mission of preserving the hip hop culture, hip hop dance culture in the Bay Area. And they train in fundamental styles, including whacking, locking, popping, b-boying, and housing. And they just bring it when they hit that stage. They don't play. So let's welcome JC. <laughs>
2: Good morning, everybody. Hello. Hi, Nakaya. Hi. Hi, Brandy. Hi. Thanks for having me.
0: You're very welcome. We're really happy to have you. Uh, I'm excited to get to know you a little better. May I start with the beginning? I'd like to know your dance beginnings. Where did you train?
2: Um, so I actually moved here in the United States when I was uh, 17, 18 from the Philippines. Uh, before that, I was just kind of just dancing on my own. But when I first got here, uh, the dance community itself isn't as big as it is now. I think uh, even the, the dance culture is not as, um, uh, I wouldn't say, uh, it, it was a little hard to find where to you know learn from or to find classes. It was very niche. You kind of have to know somebody and they bring you to events and then your whole world opens up. So that happens to me after a couple of years of moving here. Um, I started, uh, I didn't even know what locking was, what popping was, what whacking was, but I just started meeting people and was just learning a lot of, a lot of the culture here in the Bay area. And then slowly here in the United States and it opened up my mind. And from at that point on, I was dancing a lot and a lot of big team, uh, dance teams had started popping up, especially in colleges. And, um, I mean, it was garages for in my time, it's a lot of people just dancing in our in garage. It's like, hey, which garage are we gonna be in tonight? Uh but yeah, so and then eventually I found uh big dance teams, uh, which does more choreography. Um, and for me as a dancer going growing up here, um, I was just finding a way to really just dance. Um, I didn't know the niche of uh this is like what uh, freestyle was, this is what choreography was, this is what competition was. So eventually, um and it's just a trail of, of meeting people and eventually you find people that kind of want to establish their own. And that's where Straightjacket was born. I just kind of, I found um, a good group of people in San Mateo and especially Chantel York, which is the owner of our dance studio, CY dance works.
0: Mm-hmm. So now do you have a favorite style?
2: Mm-hmm. Oh, of course. Uh, right now I actually, I'm training more in housing. Housing is my thing right now. Uh I I go to Oakland on Fridays to learn from Rama. Um, I'm sure we're all aware of who he is because he's amazing. Uh and then I also attend uh dates like this for in Oakland because the kind of like session and meet more house um house dancers. And just yesterday I was at uh, I was in Ele- I was at Elements and I think I I saw Jordy there and a couple of folks that are uh that are you know, that are into housing as well. It's, this is a great community. I think housing as a style, much like most of the style, housing as a style is very, um, it's so friendly. I just, I just love it. It's such a good vibe. So yeah.
0: I agree. I feel like the people that I've spoken to about house when they first started teaching me about it, it's, this is what they said to me and this I'll never forget this a long time ago they said, we're just the group of people that never felt like we fit into some of the other scenes and. I don't know if it still feels that way, but I do know that it does feel very welcoming and supportive. And I've always loved house. (laughs) It just looks like you're just like not caring, you know, and you're just dancing, but you're like, Whoa, there's, there's that real fine line between physicality and surrender. It's so magical.
2: Yeah. And the music for me is just tremendous because, um, it's, it's the, the music sounds very grounded. The drum beats, uh, and uh, the Afro beats—it just—it just sounds so. This is something so human about it. It's like this, is, and then when you dance with another human with it, this is that connection that's just—I I can't even explain it to my students. Whenever I we do house, I'm just like, you know, what, let's just play music, let's just house, and then you'll find out what I'm talking about. So.
1: Wow, I love what you said, Makaya, how you described it, like that fine line that it it has. And then I remember we had Rama. Did we have Rama on? And I think we had. Jordy at 1.2 on the podcast, jardy. maybe? Jordy. Jordy, sorry. Getting Jordy mixed up with my homegirl, Jordy. Jordan, what's up? Are you watching this, Jordan? Are you watching <laughs> this, Jordy? What's up? Anyways. <laughs> Anyways. Um, when you really start getting into house, like you watch it, right? You're watching people dance to house and it seems like it is just this thing that's just coming through them. But then when you start, actually, like you're saying, you're doing more sessions, you're coming into Oakland to do that and you you, and anyone who is learning it, you start to see the fundamentals of it, which I think is similar to, to any kind of dance style, right? When you start learning it, which, you know, segues me into my question. Tell me about the different dance styles of Crazy A.
2: Uh, yeah, uh, we started off with choreography and I found that it's hard to determine what choreography is. Um, I just know at a period of time, choreography, if I could describe it best in my own words, it's a series of pictures and lines to to kind of emphasize the music. And it's more... It's more for competitions that when we did it in the past. And then slowly, I um, I realized, you know, um, we should kind of go back to, or we realized we should go back to the root of what hip-hop is, the hip-hop culture is. And I think this is um, 2000, I think a couple of years after we started, um, we just, we decided to like, okay, overhaul everybody. Like, we shouldn't just be doing you know, like moves to hip hop music and then perform. Let's let's overall, let's go back to the culture. Let's relearn. Let's uh let's try to bring some folks in. Let's try to go out there and learn. Uh, And because of that, I started off uh, my training in the past with locking and whacking. So we started bringing in a bit more of locking and whacking into the team. And it was a very, a very slow paced kind of um, training because you know, like start starting back from scratch, from where we were was uh, was a lot of work. So locking and whacking was the first thing that we kind of hopped on. Um, I'm not sure why. I just know, like I I, I personally was enjoying it a lot, and um, I think locking and whacking was was, uh, was available to myself. Um, I couldn't really, I didn't know how to explore to other styles, and I wasn't aware of other styles as well. And then slowly. Um, because I, I myself is just am I love I love every aspect of hip-hop dancing or street style and club style dancing, so I just try to learn as much as I can and whatever I learn, I just bring it back to the team so I go out there and learn bring it back to the team and then eventually we also like to open our doors into to other folks and eventually we would get uh folks that are more educated in certain styles as well so they will come in and then teach the team um so mainly uh we are. Before we focus more on locking and whacking, and then we kind of start to implement a little bit of popping as well and then when we got folks that are more educated in breaking, we would also utilize that strength so we we kind of see and listen to what our members can bring and try to enhance that so that we can be more uh, more we so that we're as a team we're not just this straight like this is our style thing. I'd like us to be more. Uh, uh, like moldable. I want us to be more like, okay, so this year, this is our, this is going to be something that we're going to learn. And then we're going to try to enhance that. And then, uh, and then this year, we're going to try to do that more and try to do this more. And so lately, recently, since I've gotten into house a lot, we've been doing a, a lot of house um, since I've gotten to um, a lot of our, a lot of our members are also training and whacking we've gotten into whacking a lot. So, um, in the set that we're performing, you'll see remnants of like housing, breaking and, uh, and whacking from crazy eight, because those are the styles that most of the directors are, are training in. And then a few, a few, of, like the choreography as well. And like a few of the, um, old, old styles that we, not the styles that we previously trained in, like, like popping and, um, and a little bit of uh, you know, like the, those picturesque kind of like dancing in choreography. So,
0: what a gift you're doing! You know, that's a that's a gift, and this is something that is really investing into the future of the the this culture by giving it to these young people and 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 allowing yourself to be open and vulnerable to learning um, something that it's not your necessarily specialty. I'm so for that. Um, I've had a lot of different types of dance in my life. And I think it's been the best gift ever, the best gift ever. And so the fact that you're doing that with the kids, it really makes a difference. And um, I've witnessed your growth, at least um, from when I first have met Great jacket and Crazy Eight, um, which was the first time that you applied. Uh, I don't remember what year it was, and I've seen you through the years and um, really have been impressed by your your progression, the way that you all continually evolve and grow.
2: Thank you. And um, personally, as a director, I've learned this. uh, I've learned this. um, I don't don't know if it's like a lifestyle style, but. um, most folks that I've like come across in my life, they in dance at least because it's very competitive, in, or, the, or the choreography competition is is highly competitive. So it's uh, a lot of folks that I've kind of meet. They um, and I've learned this. Um, it's saying that uh, a lot of folks try to play the game to win, but um, what sets other folks differently is that a lot of folks play the game to keep playing like Mm -hmm. i like to think i'm in that i'm in that situation where like okay i i did all the the competitive choreography like i want to keep playing like what's next what well yeah and i I also want to teach the uh the youth that because i don't want them to think that dance is just this like one thing that you compete you win and then goodbye and then this narrative of like well uh, i'm too old to dance blah, blah blah it's like no man like it's a it's a it's an ongoing thing it's a it's evolving. It's a lot of people to meet. There's a lot of people to support within this community. And it's a beautiful thing. And yeah.
0: No, that's really important because uh, I do see that, that that's the main goal with the adolescents and pre-professionals is let's get this trophy. And, you know, there's no disrespect. I've never had. I've never had any disrespect towards the competition or battles. Um, It is part of the culture in some sense. It just, there comes to a point in your life where you have to do what moves you. And Mm -hmm. I just know that there's also a group of, of people in this world who intentionally put pieces together, who have thought out full, you know, beginning middles and ends and stories or social commentary and it's fascinating to me and it's also gives that sense of relevancy in the art world that it needs so desperately so I appreciate you helping with that with with that I want so much for you to talk about this piece Mm -hmm. Uh, heaven is here but I I read the description to brandy um and and you know brandy is the misty-eyed one
1: That's, we've, we've just just it's it's uh, it's we already deep- got misty-eyed from what he said before so we're already like on that <laughs> the train has left the station and now <laughs> more speed but yes um,
0: should i read that before you talk about it or would you like to just get into it because oh, i can't find it
2: I can just talk about it. And I'm okay. also open to just you reading it as well.
0: Oh, yeah. baby.
1: oh baby. Do
0: you have it nearby, um, Brandy? I don't,
1: but I have that, you know, like you said, it's heaven is here and it's a journey of feeling and a journey of healing. That's what I have. Um, Let me see. No, I do have it. I'm going to keep going. Hey, Sarah. A journey of feeling, a journey of healing. In 2021, more than a third of high school students reported poor mental health during the COVID-19 pandemic. Girl, I'm going to start crying already. Heaven is Here is a social commentary on youth experiences with mental health challenges and the journey towards healing. As a collective, um, they want to support and uplift others on their journey. So, yeah. Thank
2: you. Yeah, uh, this um, this piece is actually loaded uh, because um, during the pandemic, you know, it's uh, a lot of a lot of the youth was not able to fully explore their world. And um, a lot of them goes to high school and middle school. You know, as, as a youth, you kind of have this path of like, I'm looking forward to next year. I'm looking forward to this one. And with the uncertainty on when things are going to open up again so that they can continue just living like a human being. Um uh as a coach, I kind of took there were so many Zoom classes or Zoom sessions, is what we call it. Sometimes I would even just call a Zoom session where we just sit there and just talk. Um, so and then as things open up, um we decided the first competition that we went to was Hip Hop International in uh in LA. And it was this, it's almost this like big competition that uh, a lot of my team members are all, always afraid to go to because it seems so intimidating. so we we did that the first time and uh, we did better than what we expected, so it really pumped up the youth and going into going back to hip-hop international after the the previous one that we did, um it, every competition kind of has this um, how you should be doing your set. Uh, and it's, it's not to say that it's wrong or anything. It's just that, um, you know, like, uh, even, uh, HHI has a certain rules. Like it should have this, it should have this, which I think is incredible. Um, so, but I thought to myself, okay, I'll, this time I have seven, eight folks that are going to graduate and they're going to go to college and they're going to leave this youth team. So I wanted to do something a bit more special, uh, and we wanted to do something a bit more, uh, a bit more than just creating a set that's just all, look at me, I'm so cool. Um, even the process of making it was something that uh, we put a lot of thought into. Um, so just to kind of, when we watch the piece, I think it'll make a lot more sense. It consists of three songs. Uh, the first songs has a lot of um, Taiko drum beats, a lot of uh, intense beats, and um, it came from a show and in the show that song is playing and it's a very high intense situation. So it's almost kind of bringing, and when you listen to the music, it's, uh, it almost brings you anxiety. Mm. So yeah, so that's where I wanted to pull that inspiration from. So then I said, okay, so this piece is going to be crowded with like movements. We're going to do all the styles. It's going to look like we don't know what we're doing. Like we're just trying to cram everything together. And I think, um, as uh, as a as somebody who also has to go through my uh, um and mental health journey, it's that phase of uncertainty, that first one, and then the second one uh, is when the, it's called heaven is here. But the the whole line in the song is heaven is here if you want it. Uh, it's um it's like a source of hope where we um there we're going to just push through and show result show resolve show determination. And then this is more of a piece with, um, and if you listen to it, it's very like spiritual. Um, it's Florence in the Machine, so she's incredible. Um, and then uh, the last piece was, um, it's called Breathe. So um, I, we we wanted to emphasize that that last piece is the maintenance part of mental health journey because we so a lot of the folks that I talk to sometimes we think that a mental health journey is that okay, you notice your mental health, you go through healing, and then you live your life and that's it. Um, it's not a wound that just closes and it's forever gone it's something that you have to tend to and kind of take care of that's the third piece that we want to we wanted to emphasize as well and even creation of the the costume was something that we wanted to be mindful of Uh, if you watch the costume outside it's sprayed spray spray painted with words that uh, we said okay what was expected of us what are some stereotypes of like this main person or this specific person would have from other people like for example one of my and this activity broke my heart number one because my students is writing words I'm like what someone called you that no <laughs> they're like oh uh, what is that uh too loud or oh, too aggressive and it's like oh no like you're like the kindest person I know and then it's layered inside with an orange shirt and then inside um we were we decided to just write what our authentic selves are mm. so event um in in the process of making the set uh, we wanted to eventually remove the the shirt to kind of show who we are but then we kind of just wanted to be like you know what this is we actually like that um our dance is the one breaking through what's written on our costume and the the, the our authenticity inside that the one that's written on our orange shirt is something that we know like we don't need to tell people like what we are, like we just know who we are. So that's, um, that was the, the journey throughout making, making the set. And there was, and there was also rehearsals where um, we, we decided like, okay, we're not talking today. It's gonna be a three hour rehearsal. We're gonna put like some stuff together without talking. And it makes, it makes them feel very like, it made them feel very anxious. It made them feel mm-hmm. uncertain with how the set is going. So we but that's like, we're not talking, we're not talking. So we're just kind of, uh, like fake signing in, in, in a way, because we, we wanted to get some stuff done, but I'm just, and then just to, um, we wanted to do that to further connect with each other without talking. Cause if we want to convey our message out to the people through movement, we want to be able to communicate with each other without talking. So uh, those are those are the, the main things that we did, and then we we had this board uh, that's like we we would write we would write stuff to each other. We have anonymous letter that we would write to each other, and then we will give it to each other. We will read it so that we can like we can um, you know anonymously support each other or things that you want to say to your team members that you have didn't have the courage to say because you felt shy. You don't feel so close. And then we also wrote letters to ourselves, uh, probably a month or two ahead of time. Like we're gonna read this before we go to the competition and perform. So these, those are the the, the things that that um, we wanted to, we wanted to mindfully do to create this piece so that we're heavily connected to it. So that when we wanna convey a message, it's something that we're clear with and we fully understand.
1: Hmm you are you are revolutionizing you are changing the world I know girl you see me over here (laughs) my goodness my goodness yes thank you of course you're changing lives
0: yeah I'm
2: doing my best
0: that's something they won't forget uh at that at that age even as an adult i've done those things for soul force my adult company that have been that meaningful but for someone that age it is it can be everything life changing life saving even uh i think that i i don't know if it was us talking Randy, but we were saying that the pandemic affected everyone but i really feel like the people affected the most are where the the young and the very, very old. And those people haven't really recovered.
1: No, 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 they haven't. Yeah. So I think, like you said, Micaiah, you know, we did similar things in soul force, but like the impact for someone to, to have you go through that process as a young person, because who else is asking you those questions and asking you to reflect in that way? Right. Yeah.
0: Yeah. That's great.
1: Yes. I, I, um, I want to get into a, a little bit lighter question and ask about the the times you've been in the SF International Hip Hop Dance Fest, JC, and not necessarily yeah. with, you know, just you. It could have been with a different company.
2: <laughs> oh, uh, we absolutely love it. That's why we apply every year. Um, one thing that, we, that we've that we talked about in the past, and this is just to kind of emphasize how, um, how much we appreciate SF Dance Fest, is that uh we have done network tv gigs and we felt so much taking we we felt like we were appreciated more and taken care of more by sf dance fest we just we just we just feel the love we just feel the love. we feel like hey um it's somebody who really wants to to um to bring dancing to light and really take care of the people that are in it uh we really appreciate it and i can't i can't say that enough uh and you know, like I said, like we've been to a lot of gigs, uh, we've been to a lot of um, we've been to a lot of competitions uh, by far as a dancer is probably like one of my top because we are fully taken care of and appreciated. And especially um, meeting folks from um, around the world, meeting folks, even in in our area that we don't get to connect with as, as much. Um, I think it's really it's it's. Um, I think it's h- how artists should be treated and I, it's, 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 I really appreciate it. Um, and furthermore, uh, there was one particular San Francisco dance festival that uh, I think it was with crazy Ape. We were on stage and I I can already feel all my students. It's, I think teens are just so hard on themselves. I can already feel all my students. are just like looking at dances from, you know, from, uh, from France, from New York, and they were watching them rehearse. and all my kids, I already feel all my my uh, my youth is just going, ugh, like we suck. But then Micaiah just said, "Hey, man, like look, y'all y'all are welcome here. You deserve to be here. It was something that you look them in the eye and uh, reassure them that you know they're they, they they're well deserved to be there. and it's it made an impact on them when during in that performance and in that weekend and say, a hell have a weekend for us. Uh, and I'm gonna keep saying it. If it's, it's, it's I, we just like, we just love SF Dance Fest and we love being part of it. That's why we apply every year.
0: Man, now got me a little bit emotional. <laughs> when I hear about these network shows that have, I'm sure a budget that's nothing parallel, nothing close to what I have. You know everyone that's alive knows my um flight with funding this festival. it's it is always the biggest challenge, respect and funding. And um, I do the best I can. But because I'm a dancer and a choreographer and a teacher, i'm that's my top of my list. And I always say, you know to Brandy, if that ever gets pushed down and i can't give is what i've given before that's the that's the little word from the universe saying it's time to quit you know so um yeah we appreciate but have you ever actually performed yourself at dance fest with with a straight jacket
2: yes i have yeah yes i have i think our first year with a straight jacket um was uh oh I think you mentioned it. I'm pretty sure it's five years ago. Oh lord. Uh because the pandemic is such a black hole. It feels like everything was yesterday. <laughs> right. But uh, yeah, but it was uh it was it was actually um it's it, uh oh my god it's it was actually such a good experience and um so at that time when we performed as of dance fest we had just finished a major network uh gig um and we were we met we met uh the rookies there and when we went to SF dance so I, so when the rookies is there that that was the year so when we did SF dance fest uh and the rookies was there it was like a whole other experience because it's um we were we were like getting taken care of left and right it was incredible and then uh the rookies is there which we had just met and they're Tremendous people. They're also they're amazing dancers. Uh, they're friendly and very lovable. So it was just like this. It was just this mix of well, we're meeting, we're re-meeting, we're reconnecting with them because we thought we we're never gonna see them again because they're in France. We're reconnecting with the dancers that we met, uh, and we're you know we're hanging out with them after because there's that uh, the after party. And then um, I remember um, even this is how great how great y'all are. I had a puppy. And have my puppy <laughs> in the in the back room cause, chilling because he was like three months or something. And in uh yeah, so I just remember that because us and the rookies are like, oh my god, puppies. But uh so and the performance uh was just really great because we were after we were before, we were after the rookies. So as the rookies was performing, we we're like, ah, so uh it's it was just such a great experience uh, and such a memorable one because prior to that, it was like the network gig and we were, you know, we were very um, friendly, supportive of each other uh, there. But we, we fully came out with support and love at FESA Dance Fest because of the atmosphere and the environment that we were put in. It's it almost feels like we were allowed to really express our love for each other. So that's the, that's a, probably like one of the most memorable time of SF Dance Fest for me.
0: There's, there's no competition involved at SF International Hip Hop Dance Fest. So it takes that whole part of it out. So you look at each other just as other artists, as, you know, the competition. So yeah. that's, that's beautiful. I remember that year there was a lot of French dancers in town. There was <laughs> Yellow and the Rookies. And I feel like somebody else, I don't remember. But, um, oh, man, it was
2: beautiful. It was. God rest his soul. Uh, that's the first time uh, I met Bobson. Him.
0: Bobson, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's right. They were here too. Paradox Oh, yeah. yeah bless yeah. his heart. Bless Don't him. him to this day. Woo, okay, so uh, we wrap up our um, podcast now with this uh, silly question box. <laughs> that we brandy and i just made silly questions that uh we wrote and then we pull one out and we're gonna have you answer it okay
2: oh perfect yes i'm ready
0: all right the question is tell us about the most funny tech blooper that you've had on stage like did something happen when the music went out or the lights go off or something like that
2: Ooh! oh my god uh uh, I'm always so strict in tech. <laughs> I'm always I always put my strict coach hat on on tech. Uh, but if I were to really, uh, if I were really to pick one, oh my god, uh, many techs. Um,
0: like when you're performing, did the lights or the music mess like go off or anything like that?
2: It was definitely. Uh, I I don't know where this one was, but. Um, it, it was an event where they couldn't find our music so every time it was like all right we found it okay ready and then we're on position and then like another set plays so It's was like no, no 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 it's not the one so, <laughs> reset 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 and then another one plays and then it was uh, I remember it was a I think it was um, so that at that point, a lot of our set was a lot more like aggressive music, uh, like dubstepy. So we were getting ready to get to it, and you know, we're like, I always tell my dancers, "Hey, if it's tech for her, tech for rehearsal, think of it as performance. So go full out, and then be in the zone." So we're in the zone, and a Katy Perry comes out. So it's just, uh, it's, <laughs> I don't know what it was, but uh, no 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 hate on no shade on Katy Perry. Music's cool, but it wasn't the, the feeling that we were going after. So yeah.
1: That's funny. Brandy, do you remember? Let's see. I, I have I'm next to a workshop, so we might have a little bit of sawing while I'm doing this. But uh, I remember, you know, it's so funny because um, I talked before on a past podcast about getting kicked in the face. And during this same it may not have been the same exact performance, but it was the same piece where we were doing Mission in the Mix. It was the piece that had uh, some house components to it. And the music just cut off in the middle of us dancing during the show. So then we all, and it was, this was amazing because it was like Soul Force was like this collective mind at that moment. We all just went off stage onto the sides and we waited. And then they started the music again. And we just started up right where we were supposed to start. And I was so amazed at us because I was like, this is what rehearsal prepares you for <laughs> because we just came in. And as we started moving, I was like, I hope it's, we're synced with the music. I hope. And I was like, dang, we're synced with the music. And we just kept it moving. Yeah. I remember when that happened, now that you
0: mention it, there were times I think at Mission the Mix where it get so hot because we always do the show in June that the um, system would just burn or cut out. I don't know. I I was performing many, many, many years ago with one of my best friends who's a dancer in Los Angeles. We We did a duet together a long time ago just for fun it was called best friend we were dancing to brandy's best friend It went into some mary j blige and the music went off also and we just kept dancing until the music got back on to the same place uh which once again does credit to you you know just being in the vibe of like knowing the music having that rehearsal ethic and uh Hoping for the best. And that's what happened. You know, that's the thing. When it's live performance, anything can happen. You know, lights. And I probably, if I thought about it, I would probably think of at least 10 more things, but those are good ones.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right on. Well, hey. JC, it's been
0: such yes. so a pleasure having you. I want to get to know you more, which I'm sure I will on the weekend. You all. 12th and 13th we got to find at least a minute to just reconnect because as long as we've been uh, in the same world we just haven't connected enough like been in the same places a lot of sometimes I teach at some of the places and I see people more but I don't get to see you that much
2: yeah I look forward to it and um, I look forward to a, a better year after dance fest I think as things are opening up so I'm pretty sure we'll see each other more often now Let's
0: mm-hmm. hope so. So once again, everyone, come and check out the 24th annual San Francisco International Hip Hop Dance Fest. It's at the Palace of Fine Arts Theater, November 11th, 12th and 13th. And we are back live after being virtual for two years. We are trying to build back financially after the pandemic depleted our funds completely. So it's crucial that everyone who loves the the dance fest puts their foot in it and keeps us alive so we can continue this legacy and go on to our 25th year. To check out all of this, go to SF hiphopdancefest.com. I want to thank JC and I want to thank Brandy and thank you all for listening and until next time, much love and much respect. Bye.